Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 22 through 23 called Test and Treasures. psalmist says that God is a defender of widows and orphans. He's the father of the fatherless. When I first became a Christian, that was such a meaningful verse to me because I was a a young man who was fatherless. My own father walked away when I was four, and I never met him. And that verse meant a lot to me because I knew I had a heavenly father who cared about me. If you want the verses, it's Psalm 68, 5 and 6. It says, a father of the fatherless and a judge or defender for the widows is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father. To visit orphans and widows in their distress, James 1.27, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is God's heart. Do you see what Eliphaz is saying to Job? Man, you don't have God's heart. You sit there and say you're blameless, but look at what you do. Now, these were false accusations because I don't see any record that Job did this. How could God call him a blameless and upright man if this was what Job was all about? But remember, Job is a foreshadowing of the greater Job, Jesus, who was what? Falsely accused of doing wrong when he didn't. Jesus was, of course, the only truly innocent person. Job was blameless, not perfectly uh, innocent or sinless. Jesus was sinless. Job was not. But Job is a shadow, as best as he can be, of the Messiah. And the only thing that they could say of the Messiah to get him crucified was to throw false accusations his way. Let me just say to you, One of the ways that we experience some of the trials that Job experienced is through false accusation. Have you ever been falsely accused? It's a a painful thing. It's a hard thing because you don't know if you should defend your honor and run over there and try to fix it or send that email back to that person. Oh, let me tell you something. That's not true. And uh, you're a liar. And, And sometimes, you know, God just says, you let me take care of it. I will defend your integrity. But Look, there are people who like to talk and people who like to make accusations when they don't know what they're talking about. And I think this is what's going on with Job. Talk about pain. He says, therefore, Eliphaz speaking to Job, snares surround you. Here's why you have problems, Job. And sudden dread terrifies you or darkness so that you cannot see and an abundance of water covers you. You wanna know why the waves of trials keep coming your way? Here's why, because this is what you've done. You've committed evil. You're wrong. But that's not true. He says, is not God in the height of heaven? Uh, Look also at the distant stars, how high they are. And you say, what does God know? Can he judge through thick darkness? Eliphaz is painting a picture like Job is trying to say God doesn't see anything, everything. That's not what Job was saying. Job was saying, I don't see everything. Job was saying, my view is clouded. I don't know what God's doing. I have questions for God. I don't think Job was saying God doesn't know what he's doing, but that's what Eliphaz implies. 
He says clouds are a hiding place for him, 14, so that he cannot see and he walks on the vault of heaven. Will you keep to the ancient path which wicked men have trod who were snatched away before their time? It's an interesting phrase because it's used also in Ecclesiastes that some people die before their time. Is it possible to die before your time? Well, we have other scriptures that say all the days of our, book, uh, of our life were written in his book before what? One of them came to pass. Which is it? Well, if you are foolish and you do dumb things and you test the Lord, you may, and I'll put this in quotes, die before your time. If you take a gun and you shoot yourself, and sadly people have done this, you may have died before your time that's not what God had for you. Now, God can still turn that around in families' lives. I know there's been a lot of people hurt and wounded by suicide, and I'm not making a commentary on that, but I'm just saying this. Imagine someone who grows up in a home, and they become an addict, and they're on the street, and they're uh, addicted to a drug, and they inject a drug in their arm, and they end up dying of an overdose. Did they die before their time? I would submit to you, yes. Did God know what was going to happen? Yes. God can't learn anything, but still. And, and here's, I think, what Eliphaz is saying to Job. He's saying, well, that's why you're sick, Job, because you're evil. Uh, you're going to follow in the path of all the other evil people. You're going to walk in their ancient path, who were snatched away before their time, whose foundations were washed away by a river. They said to God, here's the problem, depart from us, and what can the Almighty do to them? They lived their life basically shaking their fist at God, yet he filled their houses with good things, like you, Job. But the counsel of the wicked is far from me. The righteous see and are glad, the, and the innocent mock them, saying, truly our adversaries are cut off, and their abundance the fire has consumed. Eliphaz piles it on. Assuring Job that God will judge the wicked. God dwells on, on, on high. He sees everything. Job's actions have been well within his view. And Eliphaz basically says, you're just walking the same path as all the wicked people. This is what happens to wicked people. I've been telling you, wicked people do bad things and they get judged for it. And you're just the same as everybody else, Job. Don't think you're the exception. You won't submit to God's lordship. You're gonna be swept away like the chaff in Psalm chapter one. Now, I would say this. If, if Eliphaz was talking to a wicked person and telling them to repent of their sin lest evil come upon their house, that might be a legitimate way to use this text, right? But that's not who he's talking to. He's not talking to a person who's so far from the Lord that they need to repent. He's talking to Job a godly and righteous man. That's why many of the sermons that you hear in the book of Job could be legitimately preached, but they are misapplied oftentimes. And that's what we have to see. He says, final appeal from Eliphaz's final speech in the book. Some softer tones here. He says, yield now and be at peace with him, with God, and thereby good will come to you. Please receive instruction from his mouth Eliphaz believes he's speaking for God and establish his words in your heart. If you return, that's the same word for repent, to the Almighty, 
you will be restored if you remove unrighteousness far from your tent and place your gold in the dust. Maybe he's implying that uh, Job's God is money, like the rich young ruler. The gold of Ophir, which is kind of famous in the ancient East, among the stones of the brooks, then the Almighty will be your gold and choice silver to you. If you would just yield and repent, Job, everything would fall into place. But Job has nothing to repent of. So what, would he, what does he do with these words? This could apply to someone that we'd be warning to repent, but this is not Job. For then you will delight in the Almighty, Lift up your face to God. This is an idiom of like, you could look God in the eye with confidence. You will pray to him. He will hear you. You will pay your vows. Kind of like Jonah 2, verse 9. Your vows will be prayers of thanksgiving once you're restored. You will also decree a thing and it will be established for you. And light will shine on your ways. Oh, your prosperity will be reestablished. When you are cast down, you will speak with confidence. The humble person he will save. And he will deliver one who is not innocent, and he will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. Something this, uh, I think this is what this means. He's saying, look, once you get it all together, Job, and people hear your story, other people will be encouraged to repent. And you'll be a great spokesman for God. Now, that's the last speech of Eliphaz. Now, if you're Job, sitting on your pile of ashes, scraping your <laughs> hey, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. That's another just wonderfully encouraging speech from my comforting friends. You guys are so awesome. Poor comforters, right? Now, here's Job in his pain, and Job replies. Even today, 23.1, my complaint is rebellion. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Now, Job is saying, look, I think I've been complaining a lot, and maybe my complaint even now is rebellion, but I have to say, his hand is heavy on me. And if you have an ESV, it says, my hand. It's difficult to translate, but either way, if it's my hand, it means I have no strength. If it's God's hand, it's like Psalm 32, when David had sinned with Bathsheba, he tried to hide it, and for a year, God's heavy hand was upon him. Now, what you want in your life is God's encouraging hand. Amen? What you want in your life is God's hands pushing you along. But sometimes God's heavy hand is upon you. And that's because he is disciplining you because he loves you. That's what happened to David in Psalm 32, is God's heavy hand he wouldn't let David get away with it because he loved him too much. How many of you were here for Charlie Campbell on Sunday? Raise up your hand. Charlie Campbell made a great comment. He was talking about sexual sin in the culture, and he said, look, I know there's all this controversial stuff about homosexuality and sexual sin and stuff, and, and he said, look, he said, I don't always like my kids' behavior. I don't always like how my kids are behaving, but I still love them. The same is true for people out there in the world demanding uh, that they want to do what they want to do sexually, and they're painting the church as though we hate them. That's not true, brothers and sisters. It's not true. We love everybody. I want to see everybody come to Jesus, no matter what your 
besetting sin may be, no matter what you struggle with, that's not the issue. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, this is Pastor Shane Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. We want to thank you for listening to the program today. And we want to let you know that we have some new service times on Sunday morning. So we are going to go back to two services on Sunday mornings. One is going to be at 8.30 a.m. and the other is going to be at 10.30 a.m. So we pray that you'll join us for one of those services. I am the music director at the church and we are really excited to be able to worship through music and we're going to worship as well through studying God's word. We're going to worship in spirit and in truth as the scripture commands us to do. So we're really excited. We pray that you'll join us for one of those services this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We pray that you have a great week and we thank you for listening to Walk in Truth Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. That's not the issue. But the issue is that if you want to justify your behavior and change the Bible to accommodate your lifestyle, that's where we cannot agree. I can say, like my children, I love them. I didn't always, and they're now older, I didn't always appreciate their behavior. And Charlie said, sometimes I even say to my kids, what you're doing is sinful. But does it mean I don't love my kids? Of course not. It just means I don't agree with how they're behaving. But this is where we've come to in the culture. It's gotten so ridiculous. And the heavy hand of God sometimes comes down on us. Write in your notes, Psalm 32, 1 through 4. Because he loves us so much to discipline us. Has anybody, uh, when you were growing up, you ever had a heavy-handed parent who grabbed you pretty good, like right in this area? and went, oh no, you ain't gonna do that, young man or young lady. Get right back there, march back in that room and take care of business. How many of you remember Spock in Star Trek series? You can grab people right here. People would just go out, right? Uh, God has that kind of ability, amen? (laughs) Just kind of a (laughs) And when you get the just know it's because he loves you. But that's not what's happening to Job. Job is not being disciplined by God. God is Job's biggest fan. So when you're going through a trial, don't always think that it's because you did something wrong. Don't try to come up with something. Are you this person? I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I must have done something to deserve this. Right? Hey, we're in a fallen world. It's a broken world and sometimes things happen and it's not always that God's disciplining you and you've got to try to find something. Yeah, oh, was this on Tuesday morning? I know what it was. The last little half and half, I poured it in my coffee and it save anybody for the other person. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> no, I don't think so. See, if we do that, then we're misunderstanding God's love for us. God's not trying to nitpick your life, brothers and sisters. 
He's not trying to look for the little things that you do wrong. Ha ha! <laughs> now maybe some other people do that. Ha ha! See? That's not God. God loves you. And so Job is feeling listless without strength, and he says, oh, verse 3, oh, that I knew, that I knew where I might find him, find God, that I might come to his seat. If you do a concordance search on the phrase, oh, that, it's used more times in Job than any other book in the Bible. Job says in Job 6.2, oh, that my vexation were actually weighed. In chapter 6, he wishes that God would kill him before he denies God. In chapter 14, verse 13, he says, oh, that thou would hide me in Sheol until your judgment passes over me. Hide me, God. In Job 19.23, he says, oh, that my words were written in a book. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. If, if I die in this state, I wish that my defense at least was recorded. Ironically, it is in a book. And in Job 23.3, Job longs to find God and he aches to meet with God. Oh, that I could find him. Oh, that I could meet with God and appear, come to his seat. What seat is that? It's the judgment seat, right? It's the throne. Let's get ahead to Job 31 for a second. Job 31. Some of you need to mark this verse because if you have little kids or people don't have great listening skills around you, this would be a verse for you to mark. Job 31, 35 says, oh, that I had one to hear me. Everybody mark that in your Bible. Nobody listens to me. Is that you? Nobody hears me. My friends don't hear what I'm saying. God doesn't hear what I'm saying. Oh, that I had someone to hear me. Behold, here's my signature, 3135. Let the Almighty answer me and the indictment which my adversaries have, have written back to Job 23. Job just says, man, I want to appear before God's seat. I want to plead my case. Brothers and sisters, do you know that you can do that as many times a day as you want? Do you know why? Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he ever lives, Hebrews 7.25, to intercede for you. Did you know that? You're invited to a throne of grace that you might receive mercy and help in time of need. Job doesn't have the full conception of Jesus yet. He has the idea of a mediator and a redeemer. We've seen that. But he doesn't know Jesus by name. He doesn't understand the full gospel, but we do. We can go to the throne of grace. We have a mediator there, Hebrews 7.25, Romans 8.34, who lives to intercede for us. He is on your side. He is for you. He is not against you. In fact, he's painted in the original language as a defense attorney so that when the adversary comes to accuse you, Jesus is actually standing on your side. That's pretty good news to have Jesus on your side, isn't it? But Job doesn't have that full picture. He says in 23.4, I would present my case before him, fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn the words which he would answer me and perceive that he would, what, what he would say to me, six. He would contend with me by the greatness of his power. Would he do that? He is not sure. No, surely he would pay attention to me. I think he would listen. There the upright would reason with him, seven. 
and I would be delivered or acquitted forever from or by my judge. If I could just get there, if I could just talk to God, if you took a microphone on the street of Corona right now and you said to somebody, hey, maybe you interviewed 10 people, hey, if you got to appear before God, what would you say? Wouldn't it be interesting to hear the answers? Do you know a lot of people responded to a Barna survey and they said that one of the things that they would ask God, and this was the top answer, is why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? Well, that's what Job wanted to ask, but it was kind of personal. Like, why? Why am I going through this? But he says, look, he says, I believe if I got before him, he, he would listen to me, six. I, I believe he would acquit me forever. And in the gospel of Jesus Christ, here's what we have. It says in Colossians 1.22, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation, Colossians 1.22. Right now, you are blameless in God's sight. How? Because you have the righteousness of Christ credited to your account by faith. That's the good news of the gospel. Not only are you forgiven of every sin you've ever committed, but the righteousness of Jesus has been credited to your account by faith, and you are now free from accusation. You've been listening to Test and Treasures, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 22 and 23. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free. There's a lot behind the scenes that help create this radio and podcast program as well. So we're very grateful for our financial and prayer partners. Seriously, thank you. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. If you can't give right now, would you please be a prayer partner? You can sign up for that and just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, as we go through our tests and consider our treasures, we might be asking the question, are Job's friends right? What good is it being righteous or wise? Job might say that. How does me trying to be uh, wise benefit God? Or maybe you, you would say it this way. I've been trying to do the right thing, but sometimes... I get beat up for it. Well, you know, when you think about tests and treasures, remember Jesus said, don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. And think of Job specifically here. You know, thieves did come in and destroy. The ultimate thief came in and, you know, caused the roof to fall on his children. Uh, he is the thief, John chapter 10, to, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, lay up the treasures in a place 
and for a time where they won't corrupt, no one can take them away from you. Where you will enter into the joy of your Lord, he'll say, well done. And because you did this, even though it was his power, his gifting, his materials, if you will, he will reward you for that. Are you laying up treasure in heaven? Are you serving the king and his kingdom? Are you participating in ministry, sharing the gospel, using your spiritual gifts, giving to the kingdom, inviting others to come and see? This is what it's about. And often God tests us so that we can make sure we know where our treasure is. Amen? Sometimes that has to be revealed through the fire. We come out the other side more pure than gold because we've been tested through the fire. And we come out the other side more pure, knowing what we should truly treasure. Hey, well, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Walk in Truth. And if you need someone to talk to, we have pastors available, 9 to 4 uh, Pacific Time, Tuesday through Friday, at 844-48-TRUTH. And if you just need prayer, need someone to talk to, uh, we'd be happy to interact with you, 844 844- 48 Truth. Hey, we'll do the final message tomorrow on tests and treasures. Stay tuned. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Thanks for your prayers. We'll see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job. You can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. That's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow on this station for the conclusion of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapters 22 through 23 called Test and Treasures. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.